All right, welcome to the next aid station. I am your host, Jake Kilgore. This is our very first episode. Very excited to launch a podcast and reach as many people as possible. Today, in our first episode at the next aid station, we are going to talk about what is the podcast, the purpose of the podcast, who we're trying to reach, what we're trying to accomplish, and what is an aid station? What is the life inside of Jacob Kilgore? So I'm going to go ahead and get started in today's episode. Okay, the next aid station podcast is about the aid station mentality. What exactly is an aid station? So in my life, I'm a big ultra runner for the last seven or eight years. I've been uh conquering peaks and and hitting some pretty big races up to 50 and 100 milers and inside of a race there's aid stations so most 100 milers will have aid stations every five to seven miles uh, a 200 miler might have aid stations every 15 or 20 miles so at an aid station you've got volunteers friends and family people bringing you what you need so in the course of a race, you might be at mile 43, really tired, really exhausted, and you got to sit down, get the right food in, the right nutrition. Maybe you want to change your socks and do something like that. And so really the aid station in an ultra is the opportunity to take a rest, get a breather, get your mind right to finish the race. So in these big races, what I really learned was trying to eat an elephant one bite at a time. I'm not trying to conquer all 100 milers, all 100 miles right from the rip. So you tow the line, you're really excited to start a race, and now you really just got to get to the next aid station. Just get me to mile 43. Okay, get rest, get some food, change my socks, and then get up and get to mile 50. If I'm thinking about how in the world I'm going to finish all 100 miles of this race when I'm dead, tired, exhausted at mile 50, I'm probably going to tap out around mile 60 because I'm mentally out of it. So the, the, the aid station mentality became a coping mechanism for me in my life as I was enduring difficult things in my life. In my life, I've been through some pretty tough things, and everybody has really tough things in their life they're trying to get through, whether it's you know, divorce, loss of a loved one, uh, substance abuse, drugs, alcohol, um, pornography, anything that is dragging you down, something you're trying to get through. So the aid station mentality for me is, is something that I want to just put out there because it's helped me. It's helped me get through ultra marathons, through physical and, and mental endurance. It also was a huge part of my life for the last decade of getting through prosecution and investigation of the FBI and prosecuted by the federal government. And we'll get into that as, as episodes go on. We'll have you know episodes about the Department of Justice, the prison system, and really what I've been through just to give a quick recap on that, um, in 2011, my, my company was investigated by the Department of Justice, by the FBI. We were raided one morning, 
And eventually, over a five-year investigation and, and prosecutorial process, I pled guilty um, to Medicare fraud and 60 months of imprisonment. So I've, I've kind of written a book on that and a story on that. And, and really, the way that my family and I got through that process of endurance was with this aid station mentality. While in prison, it was a, you know, day by day. Sometimes the aid stations were literally just get to dinner. Just let's just fill our time with productivity this morning and this afternoon so we can have dinner and then watch a football game. And that's how we'd knock out a day. Sometimes the aid stations were one week at a time or two weeks. You know, my, my wife and kids would come visit me every few weeks. And those were huge aid stations for them. They were aid stations for me. They were, hey, you know, I'm going to see my wife and kids in two weeks. I can make it two weeks. Even though down the road, I was looking at something that was two, three years away before I was going to sleep in my own bed. That aid station of two to three weeks was huge for me, huge for my wife and my kids. So these aid stations that we set up, in our life are absolutely survival mechanisms, mechanisms to get through hard times. And that's really the purpose of this podcast is to talk about those aid stations within your family. What are you battling with personally? Um, In business, there are aid stations that we can set up in business, Um, launching new businesses or, or, or taking your business to the next level. What's the next aid station? Um, I currently am the CEO of One Solar, a regional player in solar. We do a large amount of volume in the uh, Mountain West region. We're expanding to different parts of the country. And so we'll have podcasts talking about solar and talking about growing the industry and what what challenges are we having in solar or, or in the economy. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk a lot about that. So The podcast is really going to be centered around the aid station mentality and my experiences in in that world. So ultra running, solar, prison, family, we'll have all kinds of guests on that are leaders or market leaders in in running or in solar or or anything that, that can help other people. But the point of the podcast really is to just reach the masses, give them good content, and hopefully everybody enjoys the content that we release on this podcast. So today's podcast, we're going to continue talking about, um, you know, the aid station mentality. So let's just break it down. For all of you non-runners, what is an aid station? How does that help you? So in marathons, you'll find an aid station every two or three miles. And you'll grab a quick drink of, of water or Gatorade, and boom, you're off to the next one. Um, in the ultra marathons, of course, they're spread out more. You have a pack. You're running with a pack and poles. You carry some food and nutrition with you. So these aid stations are, are critical to race performance. So again, the aid station mentality is what I see as like being critical to life survival, having successful relationships, and, and how we go about doing that. And the content that we, we're going to cover on the podcast is going to be a, a wide range of, of business, of, of endurance, of running. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are reaching out that want to be on the podcast or that have a, 
a story to tell. There are people I'm reaching out to saying, hey, I love your story. You overcome, you overcame adversity. How did you do that? What aid stations did you have? How did you get to the next step? Being in your lowest of lows, and I don't know if everyone's been there, but a lot of people have been there just down in the dumps. How do you rise up out of that? And using this aid station mentality is a great way to do it. Um, my background for, for the listeners is I was born and raised in Utah, um, super athletic, grew up playing a lot of sports, uh, basketball, soccer, track, uh, doing a lot of those different, different athletics, really took to basketball in the later years, um, right here in, in, in Bountiful, Utah is where I grew up, played basketball for a long time and met my now wife in high school. We met in high school and uh, I served an LDS mission. She waited for me, came home, got married uh, about, about nine or 10 months later. And now we have four beautiful children, uh, three, three daughters and one son. And that is our life. That is everything that we do is, is together and for them. And, you know, that's a part of me that that's incredibly important to me. So the next aid station is something that my, my kids and my wife talk about all the time. We set up our own aid stations. We set up these, these marks that we want to hit and how we're going to overcome them, whether it's in school or it's in cheer or dance or, or, or sports in football or soccer. And we really try to just work together to, to overcome adversity. In 2019, I entered the Wasatch 100 lottery. It's going to be my first 100 miler. And uh, typically that, that race has about a roughly a 50% drawout rate. So my first ever entrance into a, a 100, they drew my name in, in February of 2019. So I had about six months to prepare for this race, which took place early September in 2019. And I'd never done a 100-miler before. I'd done uh, 250 milers, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. Uh, really studied the course, studied, you know, the, the terrain, what I'm supposed to pack, what kind of gear. But the, the Wasatch 100 is an iconic race. It is probably a top three, at least a top five most desirable hundreds to run in the country. Uh, it's 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 a hundred milers through the Wasatch Front, and starts in in Kaysville, Utah, ends uh, in Soldier Hollow, which is like up near Heber Park City area, through um, over twenty thousand feet of climbing and vertical climbing through the mountains. So it's it's incredibly beautiful and tough. So it's got a ton of vertical gain and descent. So you're, you're wrecked, right? Uh, of course, it's 100 milers. So 100, 100 miles is already far enough. And you add the vertical gain that is required for this course. And uh, you, you, you got something special. So I put my name in, they draw my name out. And now I'm, I'm focused on this, this big race. And inside the race, it's just me right? I'm not trying to win the race. I have no shot at even landing on the podium or even the top 10. Like there's 350 runners and all I want to do is finish. I just want to finish my first hundred miler. So 
I get I get into uh, this is this is early September, so it's still summer. It's still hot, and from mile thirty two to forty nine, you are incredibly exposed to the heat. It it was about ninety degrees that day, fully exposed. You're in the mountains, but this is not like a, a tree shaded area of the course, so the sun is absolutely pounding. And, and you're just exhausted. And, and I, I pull up to this aid station, Lambs Canyon in uh, Parley's Canyon in Utah. And as I'm walking into the aid station, just, just exhausted, my son runs up to me, hugs me. He's probably six years old at the time. Hugs me, holds my hand, wants to like be a part of the race, walks me into the aid station. My parents are there. My wife is there. My kids are there. My sister's there. That aid station, just before 50 miles, I want to say 48, 49 miles, was huge for me in that moment. Just a big uplift of sit down in the shade. What drinks can we get you? Let's get some ice and put it on your head. Here's a cold towel. Jake, do you want to change your shoes? Do you want to swap out your socks? And we're gearing up for the nighttime. So I think it's probably around 3 or 4 o'clock, hottest time of the day. But at the same time, I have to be thinking about the night because the next climb is about 3,000 feet through. You go up over um, in Parley's Canyon. You climb Mill Creek. You drop down into Mill Creek. It's totally shaded, and the sun's starting to set. So it starts to get cold. Your body's starting to, like, wonder what the heck's going on. So you got to grab your headlamp, gloves, grab a beanie. So while you're incredibly hot and just overheating, planning for the next three, four hour section is grabbing the cold, the stuff to stay warm, right? So, but that aid station of having my family there, my supplies, my gear, that is the aid station mentality. That's exactly what we're talking about on this podcast is arriving at that aid station and refueling, resetting your mind, resetting your body to say, you know what? I can do this. I can get to the next aid station, which is mile 51, mile 57, mile 64. At that moment, sitting in the shade, completely gassed, I am not thinking about how in the world I'm going to do 51 more miles. The second I start thinking about how to do 51 more miles is the second my mind starts shutting my body down and saying, yeah, I don't think this is a good idea. You probably can't do this. This is too far. This is too much. The second you let your mind go there is when you start losing because in this race, like I said, I'm not trying to win the race. It's about the journey. And it's about me pushing myself and pushing my mind and my body as far as I can to have my own success, to have my very own best. So in that race, I ended up finishing, I don't know, somewhere around 25th or 30th or something in the race and finished just over 27 hours. But that race... Entering my first 100 and finishing it uh, was huge for, you know, physically, mentally, 
But there's a big part of this aid station mentality that we'll get into later, which is is having your support system, having a crew, having your 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 group of of guys and gals that follow you to these aid stations. They meet you at these spots and give you exactly what you need in addition to what the volunteers are providing at the aid station. You have a crew and that crew follows you and is with you and that that's your people, your most trusted people. They they're always there for you. That's your inner circle and your crew in life. Who is in your crew in life? Who do you have in that inner circle? We get to hand pick and select who our crew is. And when I pick my crew for my races, I know they're reliable, they're trustworthy, they, they got my back, they'll take a bullet for me. That crew will be there on time with the supplies that I need. As that relates to our life, we need a crew. We need a crew that we can rely on. Someone's going to help us get through difficult things and, and really lift up our family and lift, lift us up as individuals. And at that aid station at Lambs Canyon at mile 49, my buddy Mick, who's been with, you know, been one of my best friends for 25 years, he was there with my family, with my crew. He puts his pack on, grabs his headlamp, grabs his grabs his poles, and he takes me to the next spot. So now Mick and I get to spend several hours together, several miles together, and he's pacing me to the next spot. So in life, we have a crew. Do we have a pacer? Who's pacing us in life? Is that a positive influence? Is that your spouse? Is it your boss? Is it your sibling or your parents? Who paces you when you're in your lowest of lows? Who's pacing you and meeting you with your crew to take you to the next spot. That's something that we're going to talk a lot about in on the podcast, the next aid station, and that mentality as we bring guests on the show. We're going to talk about who is their pacer? Who do they rely on when they need to get through a rough night of 25 or 30 miles and seven or 8,000 feet of climbing? Who do they want by their side? Who can they rely on and who do they know is going to just maintain a positive attitude. Sometimes we pick the wrong pacer. Sometimes our crew just misses the boat. Sometimes our pacer just maybe isn't the best person for us in that moment. And we need to reevaluate our friendships and our relationships. And, and that pacer and the crew and the aid station mentality, as we, we talk about ultra running and what it's done for me and my family and this mentality... We're going to relate it back to our personal lives and how we uplift each other. And am I a good pacer? How come no one ever asked me to pace? How come no one ever asked me to crew? Do you want to be a pacer for someone in life and in these moments? So we'll touch on that a lot, but that's that's really what this podcast is about. It's about taking this aid station mentality and the ultra marathon running of of grueling races in the mountains and on the, tra- the beautiful trails that we live by, how are we applying that to our lives and in our business, with our spouses, with our children, and in the relationships and in the relationships that we have in our life to make everyone around us better? 
This is the 8 Station Mentality. I am Jay Kilgore. Thank you for listening.